So for a while on Twitter now, people have been arguing, debating and stating their opinions about whether you should share your MRR, that's your monthly recurring revenue, with the world, telling people how much gross uh, gross revenue, gross recurring revenue you're bringing in each month. In this episode of Above Board, me and Paul are going to discuss exactly what we think about sharing your MRR. All right, let's get into it. So what's the set the scene? I'm not on Twitter. Set the scene for me. Yeah, so we've got a bunch of people, high profile, low profile, all discussing whether you should share your MRR, the pros and the cons. And we're sort of, everyone's just going around in circles. This, this discussion is happening over and over and over. I've chimed in a few times and I've got I've got a lot of opinions about this. I've got some pros and cons. And I'm sure you've got some ideas as well, considering we both decided that we're not going to share MRR, right? Mm -hmm. So I think let's actually start with the pros because everyone kind of likes to circle jerk over the fact that someone's making lots of money in MRR, right? So what are the pros in your eyes for sharing MRR as a SaaS? It makes you seem like you're being transparent as a company. (laughs) Okay, that's a backhanded positive. It's a hundred percent a backhanded positive. But honestly, like I don't I guess I guess thinking about it more honestly, I, I guess it could show um potential customers that you are doing well enough that they could trust you with their business. Yeah. Um if you're taking investors, they need to know that anyways. It's <laughs> very true. Um Yeah, and I guess it it could also I, I think it could it could lend itself to to marketing where there's like a, it feels like you're part of something that's happening, that's growing, that's active, that's vibrant, right? Like it, it's just like it, like it convert kits are probably an amazing example of a company who's just making boatloads of money, who has been, who's had their, um, their bare metrics set to public forever. Like yep. I think Nathan day one, like he just set it to public. And at the time, nobody cared because it was a company that nobody knew. And now they're making millions of dollars a month, right? So I, I think, and, and then being part of a company like that or using that product would make you feel like you're part of supporting. I mean, I guess they're not really an indie company anymore. They're mm-hmm. ridiculously, uh, they're making ridiculous amounts of money. But like in the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm part of this company. I'm part of helping this um, person who's who's built a personal brand over the years in that. So... I think those are probably the the pros that I that I can think of. It's an easy metric to share and to have understood. Everyone can look at money and say, "Hey, that money went up. That's good." Right? There's no complexity or real strategy. I could literally, I mean, if if right now I took a screenshot of our Stripe page and I posted it on Fathom and said uh, something like, "It's been a wild journey." Right? that would get hundreds of likes yep. and retweets. And it's just because money's being shared. And so within the indie space, there seems to be this, and it does make sense. I mean, I can think back to when I was working full time. There's this idea of 
kind of escaping being told what to do and having your own business and just kind of you know quitting your job and running a SaaS. That that's the thing about well, that's what indie hackers is all about. Yeah, and I think when people are sharing their money. Uh, their, their MRR, people are seeing that and saying, hey, they're like me. That's people like me who are doing this. And I love to see that. And so it can be motivating. And you just in, you just love to see it. And you also think because they're like me, I want to support them because I want people to support me. And there are all these things consciously and subconsciously at play. These are you see other indie hackers as people in your tribe. Mm-hmm. And I, I can imagine being someone who wants to quit my job and I'm seeing someone who was in my position and look at them, they're killing it. Oh, what do you mean? Their, their revenue's up again? Oh, keep showing this to me. I traded one boss for thousands of customer <laughs> yeah. bosses. But I can definitely see the appeal within the indie hacker community. So I think clearly there is a an upside to sharing your monthly recurring revenue. And yes, a huge point you made was it can show that people are trusting you, mm. right? I mean, it's all Nathan Latka wants to know on his spot. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I actually, yeah, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know this guy, but I actually nearly ended up going on the podcast. That would have been uh, so funny. Well, yeah, if, he, if he'd have asked for the revenue, it would have been absolutely ridiculous because I would yeah. just say, well, yeah, we don't. I actually ended up, I think. And I then he would have threatened you with not being out on the show. And also, I don't know. I, I don't think he's, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you've been reading that Vox article. Um, I actually hurt my neck, so I had to cancel on the day. So I sprained my neck, and I said, "I like I can't go on a call when I'm just you know tilted." And I suppose, yeah, it worked out all right. But we we know people that I know someone that's gone on there, and it's been fine. But I think it's more if you're willing to share your revenue, he can then use it for something. He has some kind of book. Um, well, he has some, he sells access to something that people can go in and like look through his spreadsheet of revenue and gotcha. So it benefits him tremendously. Yeah, no, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think? So let, let me ask you this. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question, but I think it's a funny question to ask. If we took, if we logged into Stripe right now, took a screenshot and posted it out on Twitter of what our MRR is, do you think that people would be shocked at how high it is or at how low it is? Oh, um, well, <laughs> right. I mean, like, do you think people would be surprised? Like, oh, I thought they made more than that. Or, oh my God, I can't believe that's what they make. <laughs> yeah. I think most people know. Well, I don't know, really. It depends. Cause I mean, uh, listener of the podcast, Simon Bennett, I've, I pranked him uh, a few months ago. <laughs> this is now, this is now the revealing of the prank. Yeah. I think he thinks that we make millions of dollars each month. Yeah. I was involved in that prank too. You were involved when I was yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So he's now learning that that was indeed a prank. So, Sorry, Simon. Sorry, Simon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There would be a mixture, but I think, I mean, yeah, I don't, that's impossible to answer because you have to actually talk specifics <laughs> to answer yeah, that. I know. People might think it's, yeah. Um, I don't know, but I know that it would go viral. So I think, yeah, we all agree that there are tons of pros. And I think even, it was his face, Daniel Vassello, the, the small bets guy on Twitter, he's talking about, uh, see, the thing about him though, he shares uh, gross revenue, but he also shares the months where he lost a ton of money, right? Where he's spending out on things. So to me, that is transparency. And I don't actually take issue much with people i mean i don't take issue of anyone i suppose but i think i respect that more 
because it's you're not just showing me gross numbers. You're actually diving into where things weren't actually so good for you. You're giving me transparency. And I think that's part of the storytelling and it's actually genuine. And so whenever I see MRR on Twitter or anywhere else, I think to myself, yeah, but what are your costs? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, and maybe this is because I'm in a different place, but your gross revenue is completely irrelevant. Like, why don't you go and look at Cloudflare? Oh, not again. <laughs> if not you're doing- playing the Fathom drinking day game <laughs> or Fathom bingo, then we have mentioned Cloudflare and you can take a shot of your preferred beverage. Uh, every time Jack slags off Cloudflare, you drink. Yeah. Exactly. Every time Paul mentions veganism, you have to drink. Oh yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's definitely been a while. Vegan. Did you mention you're vegan? Yes, yeah. it's been a while. Um, when you actually share your costs, I think that's more respectable and transparent because you're no longer just being, I guess, lazy if you want. I don't know. Like, I'm just it's fa- it I like honestly, bit, but- I think it's fake. I agree with you. If you're only sharing your gross numbers, it's it's fake transparency. You, yeah, you're you're not- playing a marketing game. If you're not sharing your expenses, if you're not sharing how much it costs you to make that much money, then it's bullshit. Like it's absolutely bullshit. <laughs> And so like the conversation I had a few weeks ago is where I said I like what Daniel does because he actually shares everything. And he's yes. not the only one, right? There are plenty of people that do this. And I do respect that. I think that is vulnerability. It's like, hey, I really I lost money for three or four months in a row. Like that shit's scary. You know? Yeah. Or it cost me nine thousand dollars to make ten thousand dollars. Where if I- any indie hacker posts, oh my 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 MRR is ten K people will clap people will like it people will retweet it people will say that that person is doing amazing but then if they also share well it cost me nine grand then it's like oh well you really just made a thousand bucks so which is good like you're making money but still like it's even if your mrr is a million bucks if it costs you nine hundred thousand dollars to make that and you have a hundred thousand dollars left to pay like 10 employees it's like yeah and that's where people have, because Buffer's open startup, they actually shared their employee salaries as well, right? And they actually, I think they went into some, some detail with their numbers. Yeah, they did. And I think ConvertKit does as well. So the companies that pioneered this really aren't what people are doing in the indie hacker space. So yeah, I mean, I get that it motivates people. I get that there are positives. For me, I, I, it's hard to distinguish between, am I just in a different place where I'm thinking, I know what you're doing here. Or am I, I don't know, like, am I just being cynical in my old age? <laughs> you're like 19 years old and you're already yeah, cynical. Or 19 in, in two months, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the, pro, the negatives of this, so one of the ones that I guess don't bother me, but have bothered other people, uh, the downside of sharing your MRR is that your compet- or potential competitors can see how much money you're making. And it, I mean, we... We have competitors. I think we have multiple competitors that share their MRR. And I always laugh because whenever they share their MRR, everyone knows that we uh, make higher MRR than them. So like, it's it, they're not sharing our MRR, but they're sharing, hey, the privacy-first analytics space is actually quite good if you're willing to come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I the reason I don't care about competitors is because I think it's absolutely really hard to build and sustain a privacy-first analytics company. There's so much required, and I've seen companies come and go. I really have, because people think, oh, you know, I just have to create a database and insert some records and some. There's so much more to it. And people think they can kind of walk into it. So I've seen them come and go. I've seen people that have been running for a year and are making pennies, not pennies, but Mm -hmm. Um, you've seen i've seen people tweet and they're not making much at all it's not easy people think it's a walk in the park so i'm less i'm less concerned about the whole 
competitor thing, but I've heard I've heard people talk about that. I suppose a con would be it's all good when things are going well, but what happens if you have a few bad months? Do you just stop posting? Do you feel like people are watching you, or do you just wait until it goes up again and then don't like the like the gambler the gambler that loses their bets? They don't post their losing bets; they only post their winning bets. Mm-hmm. You know, is it just is it just like that? I and another one as well, and I I don't want to sound privileged because I definitely realise that like me and you are running a SaaS full time, and this is a lot of people's dream. So I'm going to be. I just want to acknowledge that whilst I'm talking around this point. Um, Money isn't everything, and I don't want to sound like some kind of like privileged white dickhead. You know, I'm trying to be really careful here. Yeah, but without trying to be offensive and disregard that money is a lot to people, money isn't everything. So the obsession just on money is quite shallow. And the the reason I'm struggling with this is because I realise that for a lot of people. It's like their dream of having a SaaS with kind of money coming in. It's huge. But I, I've just seen on Twitter where people are obsessed with just the money. And I don't think that that's necessarily healthy. I think that like, well, sharing MOR can encourage people just to focus on the money when running a business is so much more than that. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that, and obviously I'm taking the ball from you and running with it so you can correct me if I'm, I'm off base, but... I think it's easier, like given the skill set that you and I have, it's easier for us to make money working at another company, like just to make the same amount of money. It's easier for us to just go work somewhere else. Like you go work at AWS. I go work at an agency. (laughs) We could make amazing livings or you could go work at single store. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so the reason that we work for ourselves, even given that it is harder, is that it comes with some freedoms that you don't get at another company. Like I think yesterday is a good example of this, right? Like we're recording (laughs) this, we're recording this um, and there's a bit of lead time between this going live and uh, you listening to this. But Mm -hmm. yesterday was um, a Thursday. It doesn't even matter what Thursday Yeah, Uh, you, it it was a good day for you to take your daughter to a museum. So that's what you did. It was a good day for me to watch three games of American football. So that's what I did. And it didn't like, we didn't have to ask anybody. I checked, I'm sure you did as well. Like I checked support at the beginning of the day. I was like, yeah, there's nothing going on. Everybody else is probably doing their own thing anyways. It wasn't a holiday in the country that we live in, but it was just like, oh, this is a good day to not do that. And then there's some days where it's like, oh, it might be like a Saturday or Sunday, but we have things that we want to do, so we do it. Or it might be like a nice afternoon. Uh, It might be sunny or or not snowing where you are. And it's like, okay, well, I don't have to work today. So I will, I know that I work hard. I know that you work hard. So I don't feel bad if I'm just going to take some time for myself or take some time to recharge or take some time to kind of do whatever. And, And the freedom there. Uh, I think is nice. And I, and I joked at the beginning too, that like we traded having one boss for having thousands of bosses. Um, I think it's a good trade if you do it right. And if you do it in a way where your life, not just your bank account can benefit, right? Like I don't work for myself just because the potential to make more money is there. I work for myself because the potential to have more freedom is there. Yeah. And, and circling that point back, because I am trying to be sensitive because this, this yeah. topic has come up on Twitter before. I think money is the route to freedom. 
for for everyone i, I in, in a way because obviously we're in a capitalist society you well because i guess under communism everyone would just be given everything right or mm-hmm. be, everyone would be too poor i'm not going to get into that again <laughs> um the whole thing is you need to support yourself support your family and what have you so people see money as the source to their freedom and i don't think there's an issue with that initially but i I guess I would encourage you that once you've, you know, you wrote that article called Enough. I think it's on our blog. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I wrote a whole book about it too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Company of one, Paul Jarvis. This, like, once you've got to the point where you have achieved the change you want for yourself and for your family, there's, there's, there's a point where the money just isn't going to be a significant changer anymore and like i'm not i'm not rich by any means i mean obviously everyone in this country is rich in the west you know in the us and and canada compared to some of the places in the world but what i'm saying is imagine you're an indie hacker and you have your eyes set on a particular mrr that's going to help you live with great freedom once you've got that i think you need to and this is why i brought up your article you need to be aware of what enough is for your life because otherwise you're just forever chasing financial growth uh, you know maybe you want that but it's not going to just keep bringing happiness or, or dopamine yeah so you need to actually be chasing something bigger something more substantial and you know you can do that by i mean there's i'm not i can't even prescribe how you can do that <laughs> you have to set it yourself well and i mean i just remember your article that's why i'm bringing it up and i hope it's still online if you haven't fucking deleted I it i don't know <laughs> it's, it's a good article and i think uh well, yeah, the, the, the too long didn't read is that at some point d- growing your revenue or income goes from necessity to ego, right? Like it turns mm-hmm. from you need this to like pay your rent to put food on the table to just I feel better or I seem better in society or to my peer group if I have more than I did previously or more than somebody else. And it's a dangerous thing. And when you don't get it, it can cause problems. And I suppose that this has gone long on this point, but the whole thing is with people sharing their revenue, I do think that we are at risk of becoming so focused on this MRR rather than other things. Like no one's sharing and saying, hey, we we made a, we, we got to share 10,000, we got to give $10,000 to charity. Who's tweeting that? You know, like I know some people are, right? But yeah. that's what I mean. Like the things we're focusing on are wrong. That's my gut anyway. And it might be me. I'm not being prescriptive. And I've I've seen, you know, Justin Jackson talks about how important the money is. And I do think the money's important to a point. Yeah. But obsessing over just the MRR, once you, you're at your enough point, just watch out. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a really long way, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because it's not the key to happiness. So just be careful. Even those founders that are sharing that they go from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50, 60, like, that's not happiness. Okay. That's just a, a way of marketing. So focus on the things that, like, the freedoms you get. That's much more important. And mm-hmm. I wish every indie hacker success. And I understand that they're looking to start businesses and uh, have income for their families. I understand that. I mean, money's important. But just get your enough point and just, yeah, you, you, you worded it beautifully. It's ego. It literally yeah. is ego at a certain point. It's nothing else. Yeah. So what else? What what? Uh, I think we've covered that point quite well, <laughs> or for, for long enough, more accurately. Oh, I um, do have one thing that came to my head. Sure. I don't know if I can say it because I forget who it 
I'm going to say it, and if I remember who it was, and if it's okay, someone told me that someone they know, their goal is to be a billionaire. And I said, they're a fucking idiot. What a stupid, shallow goal. I, I want to... Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. That That is ego to the extreme. 100%. And where did I hear that? And I... I <laughs> maybe they want to build a... So. What, maybe they want to build a penis-shaped rocket ship and go to Mars or space or something. And, and you know I mean, that's a good reason like, to be a billionaire, I guess. I called him an idiot. Yeah, what? Well, yes, yeah. I called him an idiot, and I didn't even think of that. That's a very good point. That's where where I am being too shallow in my judging. Maybe they want to be a billionaire so they can help, you know, world hunger. You know, it's possible. And I, I don't know. Actually, is being a billionaire the best road to doing that? I don't. I don't actually know the answer to that. Well, I don't know how world hunger would be solved. I have no, no. idea. Because otherwise, there's a lot of billionaires, <laughs> like. When, when they've solved it already, when Bill Gates have like invented some kind of tech that is implanted in everybody's head that somehow helps world hunger. I don't know. Well, it's actually Bitcoin <laughs> solves world hunger. So. Yes, I forgot. Sorry. Okay, and I started tweeting that and I do it as a joke. I do wonder how many people think I'm being serious. So whenever someone tweets about Bitcoin and it's in my Twitter feed and they say they're anti-Bitcoin, I'll just talk about how they need to read the Bitcoin standard and understand that Bitcoin solves world hunger. Like, I'm not anti-crypto, <laughs> but I think that the people that are zealots with this kind of stuff are stupid. A zealot of anything is stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, having, I like the people that like crypto, don't like crypto, but are willing to have constructive conversations. If you're a zealot, you can like, well, you know, the people on Twitter that have their eyes a certain, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the yeah that like laser beam eyes. I I think that zealotry kind of is is a lack of reason. Like, is it pronounced zealot? I don't know. You're you're like Australian or something, so you pronounce it weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I think I think that that kind of mindset implies uh, uh, implies that reason has been removed and replaced with blind faith, Mm. right? So I think that reason needs, and like you and I talk about this when we talk about veganism, it's like, I'm willing to, and there you go. There's your, there's your fathom bingo uh, for right now. Um, But I think that you need to apply reason to the things that you believe. Otherwise it's hard. You need to at least question the things that you believe. Otherwise it's, it's hard to be reasonable or rational. Yeah. How are we talking about this when we were talking about open startups? <laughs> well, and how did we get here? Let's let's circle this back as, sure. and try and give some loose, very loose prescriptions based on what other people are doing. So, like, I think of John Yong Fook on Twitter, and he's actually got a good point. He was sharing his revenue up to a certain point, and then Justin Jackson chimed in with this as well. It's a very good take. At a certain point, it's just not helpful. And that point is when you're no longer really inspiring an indie hacker that's wanting to quit their job and and go self-employed or whatever. You are just posting for ego. You're posting for praise and it's just ego. Mm -hmm. There's no real benefit for your customers. So if you tweet about something that you've done, imagine your customers paying for stuff and you've donated to charity. I think post about that. That's really cool. Or you've got new features. You're posting about this. If you're just posting your money, your monthly revenue, it's bland. It's completely bland and it's not helping anyone. But the argument can be made that in the early days when you're sharing your revenue, it is helpful. I mean, it's as helpful as sharing quotes on Instagram. Like it might inspire (laughs) some people, but honestly, I don't think it is. So let let me ask you, let me ask you this. 
uh, and, and to kind of bring it back to the crux of the conversation here, do you think that Fathom is or can be a transparent startup without sharing our MRR? That's the crux of this conversation, so I might as well just ask it and we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I think you're just going to crack open a Bud Light instead of... <laughs> I think transparency, and, and you've hinted towards this, transparency is about more than how much money you make. Transparency is how you run your business, how you work with people, how you work with your customers, like the actual core of your being. Imagine that you're looking at a person, you're talking to a person, that who they are, their personality, what well, is their personality? It's how they treat other people. You're having a meal with someone in a restaurant, how they treat the wait staff. I've actually never been in a situation where I've been with someone who's rude to the wait staff and I hope I never am because I will lose my shit because that's, that's not, I won't tolerate that. But that's the, that you can see their personality. It's so embarrassing. I have it. It's just, it's you just have. fucking it, embarrassing. I would walk out. I, I go, like there are some things that I'm really headstrong on and that would just, yeah. So transparency, if I, you know, we're at dinner together and you're just, all you're doing is talking about how much money you made each month. <laughs> yeah. Know. Sounds like a great dinner. Imagine imagine if I'm thinking that's how I get to know you is by you telling me how much. And people are like this, actually. Yeah, I've got a watch. Yeah, I've got a boat. Yeah, I've got this. Yeah, I've got that. It's not, it's not substance. Whereas someone talking about, and maybe not, like me and you would talk about this because we know each other and we're friends. But if we wouldn't talk on this, about this on the first date, of course. No. <laughs> so, but even looking at the conversations art. that we have, like it, some of it relates to money. Some of it relates to like, food that we're making some of it relates to like our families like it's it's kind of a more yes. of a well-rounded and even though we talk all day about work stuff where it's also interspersed with just life stuff yeah, and not just bragging think- like imagine if you're just like imagine if you had to go out for dinner and all you could say to the other person was the things you've tweeted like would you feel like a <laughs> shithead or would you feel oh, like an actual that. human being it's tricky because I'm I'm always hyping developers up, so it's tricky. I, it depends. If I'm at dinner with a developer, then I'm looking pretty good. But if I'm, yeah. if I'm out of my wife, I'm going to get punched because yeah. uh, I won't shut up about fucking coding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting topic. I think it can be very useful in the early days. And, yeah, I think the, the, the word ego, it becomes ego at some point. So just think about what you're doing. And, again, a big take from this, be guided, be motivated by money to an extent and then realize when it's your ego talking to you and because otherwise you'll just want more and you'll never be satisfied and it's just a treadmill isn't it yeah and I, that sounds so stupid to a lot of people a lot of people will literally hear this and go what do you mean like, i do want more money and they just won't get it and you know what maybe one day yeah i and i also thought to answer the question that i asked you that you didn't answer i i think that we can be transparent i did answer it, I well, did answer I, it. sort of Elaborate. I, I think that we, I think that we can be, and that we are transparent in the way that we operate our business, because we're just because we're honest. Like when we do great things, we talk about it. When we do things that are a mistake, and we talk about it. Like all of the things that we do, we lay out all of the things that we do that could benefit customers, especially. And I don't think that MRR benefits customers. It, it benefits like entrepreneur porn kind of thing. Like, I guess it it benefits, I guess it can benefit customers in that they can have um, confidence that that your business is being run well. I think that all of our customers are confident that we know how to run Fathom without us sharing MRR. The only thing that not share, 
yeah, exactly. We share technology stuff. We share how we do a lot of things. We we share um, detailed legal pieces, compliance section. Yeah, you can do it in so many ways that show you're competent. Money yeah. is just yeah. We we share who who we donate money to. Um, mm, we yeah. share like I feel like we share a lot. And when people ask us questions that maybe we don't know the answer to, then we say that we don't know. Like sometimes we get support tickets and you and I are like, I don't actually know the answer to that. And then we're honest about it. We share with people why they're not a good fit for Fathom. If somebody emails yeah. us and is like, I need this, 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 and this. It's like, well, uh, yeah, I, I think that those are valid points for running your business or, or valid metrics that you need to track for your business. But we're not, we're not a good fit. Like it's just... <laughs> Unless they're a multi-billion dollar company and we spend a few days thinking, oh yeah, we'll try and land this customer. Uh, and then and, we decide that we made a mistake again. Yes, and they they send over eighty six thousand pages of 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 documents that they need from us, and it's just we've done this a few times now. I think we've learned it on the last one. We've learned, yeah, our lesson, I think, yeah, which is it's it's <laughs> it's too bad. Like we're not we're not a, and I like and with that customer, I was completely honest. I said we would love to be working with you, but we're not set up in a way where the money that we charge for our services can involve this long of a sales process. I said the company's literally just myself and Jack and a couple contractors. We don't have somebody that's debt. We don't have a dedicated sales team or business development person. Like we're not set up to spend weeks or month going through uh, an RFP process. Even yep. even though we'd like to land you as a customer, like well, we're not a good fit because we would have one, we'd have to charge you. We'd have to add some zeros to the to the money that we charge for our accounts. But two, we're that's not like that's not how we run our business. And that if we'd have been sharing our MRR, then they would have known that perhaps. Yes, maybe you know, we're not gunning at. Uh, you know, maybe 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 not. Maybe not. I'm not sure if it would be obvious. Yeah. But you know, I think if we shared our MRR, we'd solve a lot of things, and you know, we should start doing that. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll post that on Twitter post right it. now. As you're listening to this, you just go to Use Fathom on Twitter and um, CRMRR, and and you can be the judge of if everything we've said is 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 bullshit or or truth. Five thousand dollars MRR is a lot of money. So yeah, and that's all from us. I hope this episode was helpful. If you ever have any ideas of what you'd like to hear us talk about on the Above Board podcast, you can let us know at support at usefathom.com with the subject for the attention of Paul Jarvis, and we'll go from there. Thanks. Actually, I, I wouldn't mind getting emails like that, so that's fine. You can send them. You're usually trolling me by by saying just email Paul about this thing, but for that, I actually, <laughs> I'm fine to get emails from our listeners if there's a topic they want us to hear. And if you just email and say share your MRR in the podcast, then the, the email's probably just going to be deleted. Ask ask for a, ask for a good topic. Ask for something we haven't talked about because now I think we've talked about MRR two or three or eighteen times. That could probably yeah, be MRRs. on the bingo card. When your MRR is higher, you are a better person. Yes, agreed. Agreed.